2: Everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Speak too early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve,
0: there's just something special about track being easily accessible on television. If only we could make this happen all the time. But it's been fun watching the trials, and it's been fun being able to just click on my television to NBC, not having to go through some crazy paywall or have some kind of crazy subscription I can just turn my television on and there's track there, so I'm enjoying that.
2: It is nice. It is nice just turning on the TV. It's a little annoying when you're watching NBC NBC Sports Network and like dirt biking or something comes on, and you're like, "Oh shit! I forgot to I forgot to switch over to NBC, <laughs> and I'm, I'm I've already missed a minute of the you know the 5K or whatever." But and as always, at the house of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud?
1: I'm feeling, I'm feeling rested and relaxed. I really appreciate these two days off that we have. It's kind of like a, a never-ending grind, um, those first few days. But I love the way they do this. I love how they give you a little midweek break, take a little time off, record a podcast if you so choose to, uh, get, get refreshed and get ready to go because uh, we got some big days coming up ahead of us.
2: So how are we feeling after the first round on? So we're recording this on the second off day. They're going to gear up again tomorrow. How are we feeling after the first wave of events, kind of the first block of events here at the trials?
0: So Trent kind of just alluded to it. but we, we, So we had our first virtual watch party. And, you know, it wasn't the biggest watch party we've ever had. But the fact that, first of all, it, you know, the it, it kind of accumulated where the – The big events, the finals, were all happening on a Monday. So, right, it's hard to kind of rally the troops, but we were still able to make it work. We had a solid group going, and we had ourselves a bit of a hell of a Monday night. There, I mean, we'll get into it. There's some unsurprising things that happened. There's some very surprising things that happened, but it was one of you know you need that to happen. You don't want just to be chalk, chalk, chalk across the board um, for the and we revolutionized
1: gambling track gambling for sure during this watch party michael sometimes you want it to be chalk though you know you ask us how we're doing and this is really a case of what was the last event that happened and there's been some exciting finishes there's been some where it has been you know chalk and maybe a little less exciting but really, the last event, uh, and we'll probably have to start with it, is the Men's 800. And that's the one that kind of sticks in your mind. That's kind of really what we went out on. Actually, I think the Women's 5K was after that. But still, the Men's 800 was so impactful uh, on Monday night that it's sticking to me. And that one, I could have won for chalk. So in some cases, there wasn't enough chalk coming off of that, I feel like we were all a little rattled as track and field fans. So, it's been a roller coaster, right? It's it's like a March Madness tournament, right? You get a couple upsets, you're feeling on top of the world, and then your one of your final four teams gets, you know, knocked out in the first round by a 14 seed. Um so it really is just like every event there's just some wild swings. Yeah, so we we had the watch party
2: like Mike was talking about. We set up a couple gambling games. Um it was fun. Uh you know, I think I'm just going to make the – I'm going to make the call. I'm going to throw it out. So so we were talking about it, me, Mike, and Trent before this. We were thinking about doing a, an in-person watch party for Sunday night. Um, let's just go back to virtual. What do Whoa, you think? You guys, That's breaking you guys, news. Yeah, do you just want to go back to virtual so we can gl- include everybody that was on the previous one? Let's talk I, about it on the podcast. Let's talk about it on the – I'm down to – Let's weigh the pros and cons. All right, so Mike can't make it. Mike's got to work. He can make it virtually. He can't make it in person. Trent and I are talking about it, you know, trying to pull this together. I wanted to get more lead time on promoting this and get it out, but the bar is reopening and they don't know if they're going to have their license yet. So I find out tomorrow morning, if they're going to have their license. Like I'm scrambling to throw this thing together. The RSVPs have been relatively weak. What do you think? Do you just want to go back to the virtual on Sunday?
1: I love this. I love this like inside baseball. We are making decisions right now about the watch party on Sunday. I mean, it's a balance. Here's the thing. I I'm I'm discouraged.
2: I'm just, if we let, let I'm discouraged because like I we've been we've been we've been um you know kind of gearing towards this week for a long time on the podcast, and it's just for many reasons, right? Reasons out of our control, reasons out of my control, reasons out of Mike's control, reasons out of Trent's control. I think that if we tried to pull together an in-person party, it might be a little lackluster, right? But we did have so much fun on the virtual thing. We've done, we've had fun on the virtual things in the past. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to get the feeling we should, just, we should just bond with the two crew across the nation and do these games again.
0: Those are the people we want to be watching. Hey, listen, if anybody thinks that we're like fabricate, this is, this is a wild thing that's going on here because we had like a 10 minute conversation about this going into the podcast and we got nowhere with it. And then all of a sudden turn the mics on the recordings going. It's like shit's getting done. Things happen and we're figuring things out. So listen, I'm, I'm on board want how everyone this. All I know is Sunday night. I want to be sitting in front of a television, Steve. I want to be gambling with the Tube crew. And I want some crazy stuff to happen. I want the reactions. I want the screaming. I want the, the absolute nonsense that goes in. And if we're going to move to this virtual thing, Steve, here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. We I think because it was a Monday night, we didn't do our usual after party. People kind of hopped off pretty much as if we're going virtual and we're going to move away from the bar, what I'm saying is, that's not happening Sunday night. We're gonna watch the events. We're gonna have a hell of a night, and we're gonna pe- keep the party rolling afterwards. That's my Mike, only request,
1: Mike. You say it like Sunday night is not a night before work. Like Monday night and Sunday night are I'm very different in that regard. Now I appreciate the mentality. Sunday, Funday,
0: dude. It feels a little. I
1: different. Don't disagree with you. And Steve, it's the last day of the trials, so I mean, we gotta have the after party. That's right. That's right, Steve. What is the deal with this bar? Like not having their license? Isn't this? Isn't this a bar? No,
2: they're new. They are ah. just opening up. So they they're, they're kind of scrambling to try to pull it together for us. But like and then the other thing is like I don't want them to scramble and have like four people show up. But hold on. If we're talking Sunday Maybe we night cut this. I don't know. I I don't know. I I I want to be at a bar watching traffic like
1: screaming at TVs with people though, you know? If we're watching Sunday night the two crew is more likely to wanna like crush beers and, and be online than okay. the Lowell. Nothing against the greater Lowell community that's into track and field because that's a wonderful community that's in the track and field. However, if, if there's a group of people that is like, Yes, I want to drink beers and watch track on Sunday night, because I think the first distance race is at like seven, seven thirty or something like that, it's probably the two crew.
2: Okay. All right. So that
1: settles it.
0: What if Steve goes virtual from the bar? And oh. Steve's at the bar screaming at the television.
1: <laughs> it's not a Whoa. bad idea.
2: Yeah, it's a terrible idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, said
0: I, as think- a, I said it as a joke, and Trent's like, that's a great idea.
1: You know, know, sometimes you get like these like pregame, post-game shows, and especially on the radio, and they're at the bar and you can hear you know the people in the background, and it's like Whoever on the sports hub talking about how they're live from Sally O'Brien's or wherever the hell they are. Sally uh, O'Brien's. Where the hell is Sally O'Brien? It's the the Irish pub down near my house in Somerville. So that's not where they're recording from. What's the one like right outside Faneuil Hall that they're always at their Hurricane O'Reilly's? Yeah, yeah. They're always there. So I mean, I don't know. They make it work, but but that's All okay. Right. The, so that settles it. That settles it.
2: Steve's at the bar. We're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be virtual. We're gonna be virtual. We're gonna set up a couple games. Where, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this the way it was started. Right, we started this as kind of like with all these virtual parties. I think we that we per- perfected the virtual watch parties. Um, so that that sells it. We'll do that. We'll bond with the with the two crew across the country. We'll do that. But uh, we did come up. So Trent came up with. So we we did a couple different gambling games. We did our normal pick so it was like score like a cross-country race. We did uh, we did an exact to pick so it was like horse racing, so you picked the first, second, and third, and the women's 1500. But in the men's 800, we introduced a new game, which is probably my favorite. So Trent, why don't you
1: explain this game that you kind of came up with on the spot? Yeah, so basically, we are auctioning off runners here. So we're going through every entry into the men's 800 final uh, and anyone can can pick that person as their you know as their runner um, but it's an auction style price right so people are bidding the price up on who people want some people is not too much interest in so you get it some people there's a lot of interest in so the price is going higher and higher but the kind of fun wild card to this was Um, because we thought we knew for sure who was coming in first and second in the men's 800 turns out we completely didn't, but we're picking for third place. So really any runner that was in the field, you know, was on the board to potentially grab third place. Not everyone really had a chance at winning, but absolutely everyone had a chance at third place. So we start off, I think it was like Samuel Voles. Look at the, the heat sheet right here Samuel Voles, Daniel Nixon. Those guys went for like three bucks early on. People were picking them as third place. And I think Clayton Murphy came on the board. And all of a sudden it went to five, 10, $20, 25. Somebody grabbed him for twenty-five dollars. We're going down to, to Brazier and Hopple, and it's a little bit less because we think they're gonna be first second, but people are still scooping them up. Um, I think somebody went for like I was Isaiah Harris maybe went for like thirty-two or thirty-three. Uh, so it was fun. Everybody's got a and you get one runner, and if that runner comes in third place, you walk away with all the money. So and, the third place thing I think is really the genius
2: of this whole thing. So we originally We originally did this as pick third place because we thought Brazier and Hopple were going to be the two far and away, uh, you know, finishers. Boy, were we wrong on that. Uh, So that's why it was like we were bidding for third place. But I think, I think in order to make this, this game really fun, I think that going forward, third place is the way to go because there's a couple of reasons because it takes out it takes out you know the just kind of just kind of bidding on the favorites on down and it makes it a little bit more strategic in who you're going after and the other thing it does is it makes it you're you're cheering just as hard for the third place finisher as you are for the for the first place finisher if not harder so it makes like the whole field exciting i think that the third even if it wasn't you know brazier and brazier the brazier and Hopple race that that third place is still the way to go with this game
0: yeah that, that's exactly it steve right you, you're already obviously you're you're invested in the the top three no matter what but you're super invested in who finishes first whether you have money or not like that's a important thing and, and you're watching that closely. But it just adds that second layer where it's like third place is almost as exciting as who wins the race. So it just changes the dynamic. And when we're going through this, my favorite part of it was the strategy that went into it, right? So I remember like my strategy was I knew the first couple guys that were going to go up for bid really were long shots, but they were the first people on the board. So people hadn't really felt out the bidding yet. And there had been, you know, no precedent set yet. So my strategy was like, I'm just going to go in on those first couple guys and see if I can get a cheap runner. Because I think the pot ended up being like 125 bucks. So I was like, all right, if I can get a guy for like two or three bucks, then I, you know, turned $2 into $125. But then there was other strategies. And Steve, I think you were one of the people in the bidding war where like it came down to it where Isaiah Harris was already like a great He might have been one of the best, the favorites to finish in third. But he was the last person to go off the board. Not everybody had a person yet. So it was like the bidding went out of this world, crazy. People were just going from $5 to $20. and So just like the strategy and how kind of people
2: worked it was fascinating to me. I loved that stuff. So and I, I think one change we need to make is the order of the bidding needs to be pulled out of a hat it needs okay, to be yeah, completely that randomized because yep. what we did was we kind of read the qualifying down and i think that that kind of it kind of messed with it a little bit um and the way the the way that uh people come up really influences like how the rest of the bidding is going to shape out um oh actually here's an even better idea what if we randomly draw the people that are involved in the bidding and they get to nominate somebody i love that, that yeah, way that's that good. way the that's nomination good. that way they have strategy in the nomination piece
1: we have absolutely figured out how to gamble the the absolute best way to gamble on like a final heat at the usa track and field trials is right there it's it's all completely figured out perfectly
0: so here's yeah. here's the question do we run other games with different events like we did last time, or are we going to run this, the same one for every event? You know what I mean? Like, are we going to do different games? Are we going to run this one back for four, four straight events? How is that going
2: to work? So I don't think, I think if you, this is, this is, this could be too much of a good thing could be a bad thing. So sure. I think you need, we need to pick, maybe we do it. Maybe we do it for the the men's 1500 and the women's 800 are both being run that night. Right. Yes. Yep, yep. So maybe maybe we could do it for both of those. We shouldn't do it for the 5K. Um, but let me let me get back. I liked the idea of the exact to pick was was yep. better. than it was it was better an idea than it was in practice. So we, I think we need to refine that a little bit. I think
0: we turned that into a win play show.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to uh, on Sunday morning. I'll have some time Sunday morning. I'll put together a better um, just pick'em game because the pick'em game, I kind of, I was, I was in the middle of work. I had to throw something together. So I threw it together. and It was fun. Right. But it, we could, we can do better with it. And actually what if, what if we, I'm trying to think how we would do some sort of draft because at the sound runner invite, we did that draft, which is awesome. Yeah, but yeah. We, had, we had way more athletes to pick from um because it was like the 10k 5k and there was a lot of people online. so i'm trying to think of how they could how we could do a draft but in order to do a draft people need to get on early so what we're going to do is i will we'll probably we'll probably announce the specifics of this of this kind of pick them or it, specifics of this watch party on instagram and on twitter Uh, probably on Friday we'll announce that I'll put out like a video, some graphics, just kind of announcing the details of it. But the key is going to be, if you really want to participate and you want to get in on this games, you got to get on early because all of like the, all of the auction style, all the draft style stuff is going to happen before the action starts. So if you, if you know, if you're going to, if you're going to pull like, you know, a a Joe ran or a Dan Gordon and roll in, like (laughs) as the action starting then sorry, you're, you're shit out of luck. But if you if you want to be part of
1: this, you're gonna to have to get on early and to to join in the fun. I, th- I think Mike said it during the 800 draft for the auction. He said that was more fun than like actually watching the 800. <laughs> so you're not gonna to want to miss it. If you're gonna watch the trials that night, you just just go on the Zoom. Um, you're gonna enjoy it. We're gonna have a good time, even if you don't feel like putting too much money down. Just come in and stay out. I mean, where else are people literally like auctioning off runners? Uh, for these events i will say i do agree with let's not overuse the auction style thing Uh, for one reason the price can like skyrocket up pretty quick now that you kind of got a feel for it right i don't want every event people gonna have to like want to put down you know a ton of money to get a runner in it so it's It's nice to have like the ten dollar entry flat fee type of thing Uh, Cause I'm afraid now that we got our feet wet in this auction style thing of what's going to actually go down with the, with the auction price.
2: Well, I mean, so we're going to have, like you said, there's going to be kind of entry level games. So if you only want to spend 10 bucks, you can do that. But I think the people that were involved in, in the auction last time, they're ready to drive the price up because I think some, I think some people kind of, you know, got away a little bit early, you know, Hopple went for $11 um, which, you know, at the time we were laughing at people for bidding $11, but if we were to go
1: back and do that, like he would go for way higher. Um, no, nobody's going for $3 again. I mean, people just no, know no, it's that bad. it's just, you need a runner in the, in your back pocket. So Mike strategy is, is out the window for the second time around.
2: Yeah. 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 That's right. So we had, we had, who, who went for $3? I forget. who went for $3, but
0: you my know, guy, then,
1: Daniel Nixon. Yeah, Nixon yeah. and Voles, I think, both went for three dollars,
2: and then Harris went for went for big money at the end. Even though he was like one of the favorites to finish third, it was like people who didn't have one wanted to get in on the action. Well, so, I didn't
0: expect. Yeah, I tr- certainly was not expecting any runners to go for over thirty dollars. So that was impressive.
1: I think. Yeah, what did we say? Hop went for like eleven. So that was uh, was just well picked. I think that was our guy. who uh, now I'm blanking on the name here. And you remember, you need to cut Josh. This? Josh. Yeah. Yes. Josh had that. Uh, well played.
2: So, um, yeah, so we said that the gambling was actually, or the auction was more fun than the race. So, um, we're going to get into that. So, uh, Mike, why don't we kick off the running news? All
0: righty. So. I said we were going to go in order of events, but I feel like we've already kind of like danced around it too much. We should just get into the 800. We should no, talk no, let's about let's go in
2: order. Let's go in uh, order. you want let's to keep the order. suspense? All yeah, right. let's go in order. Okay.
0: So the men's 10K final happens on, oh, man, what day was it? I think it was Saturday. Oh, no, it was Thursday, Friday. right? Friday? Okay. Friday. <sighs> striking out like crazy. So the men's 10K happened, and we had – Peaked too early, friend of the program. Sweep with Woody Kincaid being the U.S. champ in twenty-seven fifty-three. Grant Fisher right behind him in twenty-seven fifty-four, and Joe Klecker in twenty-seven fifty-four
1: nine. Gentlemen, what do we think of ten k? first off, I don't think I like I. This is by far the most I've followed the USA, you know, trials here. I, I wasn't this into track and field in 2016. When it was day one, I don't think I realized we were going to be having, like, finals right away day one. I thought oh, it would yeah. be a lot of, like, prelims and all that stuff. So, to get the 10K final, like, the first night, like, I knew a few days before it, but it still was, like, it pumped you up. You're just getting warmed up with track and field. And then you get the finals on. So, I mean, that was my first reaction was just excited to have that on. I mean, uh Lopez LeMon pulling up with an
2: injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming. That was that was kind of heartbreaking to see him kind of like limping off the track. Um it you know as as pumped as I am for our guys, like we had a we had a friend of the program sweep. I I mean I I posted the video on Twitter and Instagram. I was going absolutely bananas in the last Four hundred meters, like screaming at the TV for you know uh, for Woody Grant and uh, and Joe, um, I, I I wanted to see Lopez of course, do well, of course. You know, and you know he was on pace. I mean, he, he I mean, he still is, but he was making his mark as probably the most well run, most well rounded American distance runner of all time you know, competing all the way from the 800 now up to the 10 K looking like he was going to make the Olympics on the 10 K team. Um, Yeah, I, I felt bad for him. I mean, it, it, you never you never you never want to see somebody have to bow out because they're injured. But to 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 be there to be that guy and and just have your body fall apart shortly before the trials have to pull up, Midway through the race, it was it was it was tough to see. And, you know, I think we're going to see we we certainly haven't seen the last of Lopez. I think there's some some rumors going out there around uh, him possibly making the move to the marathon in the near future. And and just think of how cool that would have been if we had an 800 runner that had success at every every level including mm-hmm. the 10k and then go have success at the marathon that would be that would be one of the coolest stories so not that he hasn't had success he still had tremendous success in the 10k he's the usa champ uh 2019 right yeah so i mean he's the usa yep. champ in 2019 um don't don't uh yeah, I, I can't remember from right or wrong. And I'm pretty sure I I uh, don't don't fact check me on that. We're going with uh, it. We're going with it. Was, yeah, no, yeah. you're no, you're right. Was yeah, he was the USA champ in 2019. Right? Yeah, and so, right. And then if he's able to go on and have success in um, the marathon, that would be a very, very cool story. But yeah, yeah. Tough, tough to see. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we all we all picked Klecker. We all picked yep. him as him as a guy to make the team. I think some of us, I think Mike picked. Grant, I think he was on most people's big board. Um, Woody, I mean, I slept on Woody. I think a lot of people slept on Woody. I think he kind of came out of nowhere. People weren't expecting it. But it was one of those things where when you see him crossing the finish line, it was like, of course he would be here. Like, yes, he was absolutely one of the guys, and nobody was talking about him.
0: So that's what I was going to say, Steve. Is And and I'm totally guilty of this, but I think people kind of sleep on Woody because – I think people, you know, he ran that crazy fast 5K, 1258 or whatever it was. But I think a lot of people look at that and it was like, oh, it wasn't in a real meet. It was in one of like the classic Bowerman things. They did it under the lights, just the team. And so I feel like people kind of like take away from how fast he ran that night because of like the environment of the race. But the dude is a 1258 5K runner. He is so good. And I feel like this race for him, kind of remind people like that wasn't a fluke. I am legit. And it definitely woke me up to the fact that like, you know, I'm a Woody guy now, right? I think I've criticized Woody in the past. We had him on and he like blew me away. He was the man. I loved Woody. So I'm a Woody guy. And he woke me up to being like, Holy shit. Like, Woody is, he is a stud. He, he is awesome. And then the other guys, how cool is it? Grant and Klecker. So, just a couple years apart from each other in college, but how promising of a, you know, future for American distance running, right? Two young guys, Klecker fresh out of college, Grant not that far ahead of him, going to the Olympics on the team. I mean, the 10K is usually an event, right? Where you have like, you don't necessarily send young guys all the time, right? You send yeah. kind of like I mean, the tried at, and
2: true distance guys. Look at the favorite Lopez Lemong yep. and the guy who finished fourth in Ben True, a guy exactly. who's probably going to be retiring in the next couple years. Like, you're right. You 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 a lot of times you get guys that, you know, have transitioned to the 10k later in their career, but you're right, Mike. You have two guys, their first trials, they're competing and they're you're making an Olympic team in the 10k. So-
0: yeah, I I love that team. I, I I am so pumped about that team. And I think it's a team to be pumped out like going forward for the future.
1: Yeah. Grant and Joe just seem to be getting better every time they step on the track at this point. Uh and they continue to do that, you know, this week. Woody Woody seems like he's probably has the highest potential for us when we uh have the team out in Tokyo. So we're excited to see if he can have a good day out highlight. Uh Ben True, uh you know, just, just missed out, and it's I think, what is he, 35 years old or something like this, so this will probably be his his last chance unless he has a successful uh, transition to something a little bit longer. So I know he just missed it out, um, but, you know, the three guys that got in front of him were certainly P2E favorites, so I don't think we were as heartbroken as some uh, long-time Ben True fans out there. All right, are we ready to
0: move on to the next event? Let's do it. All right, so next we got the women's fifteen hundred meter championship. The team that is being sent to Tokyo is L. Perrier in a time of three fifty-eight oh three, Corey McGee in four flat sixty-seven, and Heather McLean in four oh two oh nine. Gentlemen, what do we got on the fifteen
2: hundred? Was not expecting this. I wasn't I certainly wasn't expecting a new balance sweep. Um I'm I mean we talked about it on last week's podcast. Um, I was thinking that we, we might see Ellie in the, the five K, but once you saw her in the, in the 1500s, like, of course, like it, it's a no brainer that she would race in this. She's far and away the best U S, uh, uh, 1500, uh, 1500 meter runner. Um, she's going to be able to compete at a very high level on the world stage in the 1500s. So that was just a dumb take for me. I was just trying to be risky picking her in the five K last week. Um, New England sweep Heather McLean getting tripped twice in the prelims and getting getting that bit in and now she's now she's an Olympian. Um, there's some some disappointing stories from the race. I mean, uh, you know, our fan favorite and friend of the program Nikki Hiltz, didn't have a great showing. Um, Sinclair didn't run bad, but she didn't run good. And you know, still, still a fan favorite and friend of the program for sure. And she's got a very, very bright future. But I was just for that whole time, I was waiting for her to. I was like, "Come on, make a move, Sinclair! Make a move! You know, close the gap in, you know between the chase pack and in the lead pack." And um, I just, she just seemed kind of flat. Um, but I'm, I'm happy for the team that we have. You know, I think it's, uh, it's definitely hard fought, well earned. We got a variety of different stories in there for sure.
1: I think the including, Shelby- including the dairy farm story. <laughs> oh man! Farm, yeah. <laughs> when they showed the, you knew this show—they're uh, gonna have the cow out there. I mean, to a side note here, just on the coverage, they're they're big fans of, like the human interest stories, and of course you get the dairy farm, but there was other stuff. I was complaining about on the watch party how we're hearing about people buying people's groceries because they don't want to go in the supermarket during COVID. Now, do I actually have any issue with that? No real issue. I do because well this is what you do when you're on NBC and you're trying to like appeal to the most amount of people and get, you know, somebody's uh, six year old mother tied into it for the Olympic trials track fans. This wasn't for us. We're going to watch this stuff anyway. It's for the other people. Um, but Trent, that's, that's what we talk about a lot. It's like, it feels like track and
2: fields always apologizing for their sport. Right. And until they start talking about it, like a real sport and start showing it like a real sport, you know, I, they're not going to get the true
1: sports fans. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. I just think sometimes you get events like on this caliber where, uh, I don't know, like the NFL draft does this too, right, where they just like go and dive into. You know why they do in the NFL draft? Because there's no sports being played. Yeah, that's a good there's point. actual there's actual there's actual races being run all right i should have trusted my good i didn't like it when i see thank like, you <laughs> you were it Uncle the other podcast. night Trent, and i, I want you to stop
2: stop you know you know dancing around and i want yeah. you to get right to it
1: i don't want to hear about someone buying someone's groceries during <laughs> <his track laughs> thank trials, you right my God. Trent,
2: that's the fire we need
1: i don't need that steve like people don't tune that. into this to hear you say nice things about the coverage all right and then, and then they have the human interest story picked out ahead of time. They have to interview that person after. But when it's not the finals, especially we're talking like the semifinals, the quarterfinals, they're tracking that person down. Who, who knows they even ran well or something like that. And they got to be the one to talk about because they have the interesting story that they have the 30-second piece on ahead of time that sometimes is cutting into the start of the race or at least showing the start list so I know the runners that are on the line. Uh, God, like you cut that part earlier, where I was. No, like, I love no it. Followers. I love the
2: transformation. It was like you turned we, into the Hulk halfway through that tape. Yeah,
0: we got to we got to see you grow in real time. So to reel us back in a little bit here, um, El Perrier. I mean, anybody who's been paying attention for the last year is not surprised, right? I mean, she has come to a completely new level and is like is the the benchmark these days. Like Elle Perrier is the best mid distance woman in America. And she fair enough. Okay. Yeah, that's good get point.
1: that. <laughs> I mean that was that was like the cloud over this, right? Was yeah. the, the no Shelby. Uh which I don't know. We've talked about enough well, in the last pod that we don't have to discuss it too much. But Perrier is quickly stepping into that role as just being still like dominant. Yeah. Like she gets on the starting line and you can count on her to, to win right at this point. And she does it. She goes out. She looks like the best. She even got pushed around a little bit at the beginning of the final. Didn't affect her. She knew she's going to be there. She blows everybody away in the final hundred meters. Look great the whole time doing it. So, I mean, we're not forgetting about Shelby, right? Which is well, still the most pro yeah. Shelby pod in the game, but Purrier's pretty damn good. <laughs>
0: So I do, I do have a point on the Shelby thing before we get to that too. So, oh man, I I hope I'm not getting this completely wrong, but in the, uh, U S champs in 2019 to the trials for the, the world champs, something happened to Corey McGee, right? She got disqualified or something in the, the 1500. Am I, am I making that up? Trent, you're nodding.
1: Yeah, we had it. We had a good podcast on that. If I remember correctly, there was, uh, Something where she, yes, yeah, she got DQ'd for a step on the inside. of Right, the yeah, track. that's what it was. Okay, yeah. I knew something happened.
0: Yeah, I knew something happened. So she gets called. So it's it's cool to see redemption story. She makes a team. You gotta love that. Um, all right, so now to get back to kind of my Shelby point. Who would have thunk, even like a year or two ago, if I told you that we were going to be sending a fifteen hundred meter team to the Olympics that didn't include. Shelby Houlihan and Jenny Simpson. Mm. Would you have believed me? And yeah. is Jenny Simpson is Jenny Simpson's done? Is that it
1: for her? I she mean, she was never really in contention. Never a factor. Here. She never was not a factor. factor.
2: Yeah. Jenny Simpson's career ended the second she threw Craig Engels under the bus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been all downhill from there. So, all right, that is all I got
0: on the fifteen hundred. You guys got anything else?
2: Now, other than the fact, if you haven't listened to our Shelby Hulhan episode, uh, last episode, go listen to it. I think it's, I think it's one of our best episodes we've ever done, probably one of our most important episodes. And I will say, we've had a lot of people reach out to us, and a lot of people in the sport, athletes, reach out to us, tell us that they appreciated that podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, go check it out.
0: For sure. All right, we've arrived, gentlemen. We've
2: arrived
0: to the men's eight hundred meter. And the team that is being sent is Clayton Murphy at the time of one forty three one seven. Isaiah Jewett in the time of one hundred forty three eighty five. And Bryce Oppel in a time of one hundred forty four fourteen. You heard me correctly. That team did not include the best half miler on planet Earth. Donovan Brazier. Thoughts? <laughs> I mean.
2: I don't I don't even know where to start I'm, on this. Oh. I mean, and I'll 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 start by saying the 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 heartbreak I felt uh for Lopez Lamong, that was a fraction. That was a fraction of what I felt for Brazier because yeah, it would have been nice to send Lopez Lamong, but Brazier Was our gold medalist. He's our guy. He is, he is the captain of this team. He is, he is the guy that I am, I am betting minus 2000 to win the gold medal. Like I am, I am all in on this guy. And, He's in, it, it never even crossed our mind that he wouldn't be going to Tokyo. The only thing, the only thing we could fathom was maybe Hopple nips him at the line. Right. And it's going to be, it's going to come down line. That's the only thing we, we considered. We never coming into that, even up to that last hundred meters. I said, I kept saying to myself, Oh, Brazier's coming. He's going to come at some point. He's just, you know, he's just sitting and kicking and to watch the, watch the three athletes come across the line and then not have him there. It was, I mean, you can go on the Instagram and watch our reaction. It was stunning. I didn't, it was absolutely stunning.
0: There's very few things in sports that have shocked me more than that moment. I mean, well, if we put gambling odds on Brazier, not making the team, it would have been out of this world plus odds. I mean, that just doesn't happen and we've said it before and I don't think it's a crazy thing to to say I mean there's no question I still believe Donovan Brazier is the the best half miler on planet earth that is something I completely stand by and I know it's a hard take to have right now but we've said before that by the end of his career Donovan Brazier will be the greatest half miler of all time period and Again, I think it's a hard take to have in this very moment, but I don't think it's a wrong take, and I don't think it's a crazy take. We just watched the greatest half-miler of all time, a guy that will, in my opinion, have the world record in this event, who just went on a three-year streak of beating everybody who came even remotely, even thought about stepping on a start line with this guy in a half-mile crush them, beat them. We talked so much about how he does it with ease about how he commands every race about how he's just on a different level than everybody else. And it was stunning, shocking to watch this guy look human for the first time ever. Yeah. I mean, that, it,
2: that, I, that's a similar it, reaction. It's like, it's, it's like crazy. This guy, this guy was uh, Superman and it just doesn't, he's, he doesn't it, it to see him crazy. not, not be a
1: superhero out there. It was uh it was humbling. And there's some speculation about whether, you know, he was hurt or how hurt he was or injured. But I mean, his quotes afterwards were just like, I ran pretty shitty. I think that's exactly what he said. Uh, He said he didn't pace himself well. He just kind of was off his game in the last 200. So, did injuries probably come into it? Potentially, perhaps. But, you know, talk about not being the superhero. He had nothing to really, at least publicly, blame it on. Uh, And that might just, I appreciate that. I appreciate him not making excuses, just going out and saying it. I ran pretty shitty. I respect that. But, Michael, if he's going to be, the greatest half miler of all time. I mean, he's 24, I believe. So he is in his prime, right? Like he came up a little bit short in the last Olympic trials. Um, this was his time. He's been dominating. He should be at the peak of his powers right now. Uh, and so while I don't disagree with you that he has the ability and potential to go after uh, and be a world record holder um, and, and be go down as, as one of the best, I mean, this is this is what he needed to like, you know, pull it out of his ass, right? This is when you know he's having a bad race. Like the greatest of all time, you know, they make the top three.
0: Yep. So, and I I had an, I was having an argument with a friend of mine a couple of days ago because I was saying the same thing that I still believe that when it's all said and done, Donovan Brazier will be the greatest half mile of all time. And I I followed that text message up with I understand that in this very moment it's hard to make that argument because you can run times and you can win races, but if you're not hanging gold medals, it doesn't matter, right? Like you can't, it's very, very difficult to make that argument if you're not hanging gold medals. So right now, yeah, I, I totally agree, Trent. It's, it's, it's not the time for me to be making that argument. I still feel in my heart that when it's all said and done, he'll have a couple gold medals to his name. We'll have the redemption story. He'll get the world record and he'll be the best. But it, it's sure hard to make that argument right now. And, and I would say if I was to get in a real full-fledged debate with somebody, I don't have the upper hand, and i probably lose that argument. And to, to what you were saying, Trent, about like just kind of like pulling it out, if you are the greatest of all time. So, yeah, we, had, we have some intel, some insider information that says that, yeah, he's maybe not as fit as he could be. He's been struggling with injury. Listen. Like Steve said, this guy is a superhero, right? Like this is done of Brazier. Even if you are injured and you're not fit as can be, I don't know. I still like expect you to make that team. Maybe not win.
2: He had a shot. That's the thing is he, yeah, he was like, really injured. And I feel like he thinks he didn't – he needed to run a tactical race to win it. And I think he, he didn't run the tactical race he needed to be in position to, to win it, um, which is crazy. But – Mike, before we get too far with this, I do want to just kind of follow up when you were saying, like, I don't have, you know, I I, I don't have the facts to back it, but I'm saying right now he's going to be the greatest of all time. And my favorite athletes of all time are people that I'm able to make these outrageous claims and they prove me right. Like, how many times in your lifetime have you been in this debate about Tom Brady? And you haven't necessarily even been in a position when you made those arguments to say that when his career is over, he will be the greatest of all time. And sure enough, at a certain point in his career, it just can't, there was was no denying it. And I was able to, all those vicious arguments I've been in through my entire life, guess what? Eventually, I was proven right. (laughs)
0: and and I hope I hope that's the case for Donovan. I really do. Um it's just yeah, it's hard. Um I, and so unless we have anything else to say about Donovan, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little yes. bit about the guys who actually did make the team. Um, including
2: our guy Bryce Hopple. Right. We need a we need a transition Wait, let, to transition this. This sadness real quick to to uh, one of the first guys that we ever had on the podcast this, 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 this a this eight hundred meter runner from Kansas that was light in the world on fire. We reached out to him episode seventeen he came on and uh, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we, we were able to kind of create this friendship with him right away. I ran into him in new balance, uh, the new balance Indoor grand prix a few months later, he came right up to me, dap me up. He said, yo, peak too early. How's it going? Our guy is headed to the Olympics and guess what? Guess what? Now that Brazier's not the favorite anymore, uh, Hopple's a contender for a frigging gold medal. So, um, yeah, that's, we're not talking enough about that. Yeah, so I, I my first instinct when this happened, Steve,
0: was like, you know, if, if, if Donovan's going to fall off, that opens the door for Hopple to take this. And I was a little bit disappointed that he came up in third. And to be completely honest, Isaiah Harris was barreling down on him and almost got him. So I was like, we almost lost both of them, which would have been devastating. Devastating but I was like almost disappointed that he finished in third. Cause I thought with the door open, he had a chance to win. But at the end of the day, listen, it doesn't matter who cares. He's going to the Olympics. He got and he's that got, plane
2: ticket. He got that got plane, the plane ticket. ticket. That's right. all that
0: matters. And he's got two months to get ready to sharpen up. And Bryce is our guy. I, I, I love Bryce. And if we, if we didn't have both of those guys, I don't know what I would do with myself. So I'm very happy. Bryce is going. I'm, Pumped to see him there, and thank the Lord, Isaiah Harris. You know, I'm sure you're a great guy. Hopefully, one day we'll get you on the show. But if you
1: had ever nabbed Bryce at the line,
0: you would have broke my damn heart.
1: So uh, Isaiah uh, Jewett went out, kind of like unexpectedly, for sure, and and just like a like out of a cannon.
0: The balls on that guy to just yeah. come with with Bryce and Donovan in that race to just decide that he was going to command that command the whole thing,
1: which was Ended up being absolutely – like, not only did he have the balls, but it was super intelligent. It was a really good racing strategy because I think he threw everyone off his game. I mean, Brazier admitted it. It threw him off his game. And if Brazier was a little banged up and not able to run quite at his his fastest times – that's the way to kind of eliminate him from the equation is make him run, you know, sub-144 to make the team. Don't let him kind of hang around and just use his, his Brazier superhero 100-meter, 150-meter, 200-meter kick on you. So it was genius to him go out like that. And then, and then shout-out to Clayton Murphy for, for having the wheels at the end to track him down. But I do kind of think, like, Hopple, you know, his race plan had to have gone out the window when Gio did that. And I almost feel like he was conservatively going for a spot on the top three there like he, he didn't see any to go out and, and get Jewett there at the end like I know all Hoppe does is win well in this case it was like all Hoppe does is get top three like he just seems to just want to place himself he's like I don't need to win there's some crazy stuff going on out here I'm just gonna make sure that I'm in position to get third place and then I'm gonna use my kick and he secured third place so I uh Obviously, huge shout out to Isaiah Jewett for to running awesome, and I mean that's the balls that we love to see in a attract me any event, uh, especially in an event like the 800 is going out that hard. Clayton Murphy was super impressive to grab him there at the end, uh, but I, I was impressed by Hopple um, just doing his thing out there.
0: Dude, Jewett, he, you know, he's fresh off of a NCAA championship the week before, so he must have just been feeling himself. You know, I mean, all the confidence in the world. I mean, you have to have that kind of confidence to go up against that crew. Um, and then, yeah, I, I feel like we're completely bearing the lead, right? Like Clayton, Clayton Murphy is the U.S. champion um, in – I think I've probably said not the nicest things about Clayton Murphy in the past too, but, wh- I mean, what are you going to say? The dude showed up in a field that, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't think he was going to make the team, and then he won the damn field, beat – huge names in one of the most competitive events in you know u.s track and field right now so i mean all the credit in the world to clayton
2: yeah and and if you had given me decent odds like a couple months ago to bet against clayton murphy making this olympic team i mm-hmm. would have hammered hit so gotta give him credit give him credit where credit's due um one more storyline i just before we move on from the 800 that i did want to briefly touch on um our guy Brandon Kidder finished fifth yep um, at this time last year he was recovering from pretty intense knee surgery he went 15 months without running a race he ran his first race two months ago um, and he's fifth place um, and just kind of missing out at the at the on the Olympic team. but he's the, he's the fifth. You know, top five runner in the country, top five 800-meter runner in the country right now. Pretty incredible comeback story to a guy that, you know, was probably questioning if his career was over not too long ago. So um, big shout-out to friend of the program, Brandon Kidder.
0: Indeed. Uh, So do we have anything else on the 800 before we want to move on? All right, so before – we kind of skipped an event here, and before we move on to the women's 5K, I do think we should probably quickly touch upon the uh, men's three, 3K steeple. Sean McGordy, who in the time, we, I, I guess we in live, like during the live show, we didn't think he made it, but basically lost his shoe during the steeplechase semifinals, took the time to step off to the side, put his shoe back on, put himself at like a hundred meter gap from the rest of the field. And apparently was able to fight back, get the qualifying, gave himself a chance in the finals this Friday. You guys have any other thoughts on three K steeple?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I think it just, it emphasized like how crazy the trials are, right? Like you could be the favorite coming in and you're just, you're just a heel clip away from getting eliminated from the team, right? You're, 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 a shoe falling below, you know, beneath your heel away from just kind of completely, you know, having your, um, you know, your, your hopes dashed. And I, I guess Sean wasn't the favorite, but he's one of the favorites coming in for sure. Um, but it just kind of, it just kind of emphasized like how crazy this is. And um, it could, it could, your, 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 your Olympic run could be over and, you know, nothing to do with you.
1: Trent, sorry my internet's a little oh, choppy there. So if I repeat somebody's point, then that's my point. <laughs> I believe he was the maybe the last person to qualify in his heat. So he didn't miss the automatic qualifying, but he got in as like next four fastest, um, and he was like that that last guy to get in. So he literally did just enough to get in. Um, and then I was just thinking, if there's any event. Like, the worst event to lose your shoe in is got to be by far the steeple chase, right? Like, if you lose it in the Nile 5K, you just kind of roll with it. You have a sock on, probably. You know, you're soft on the the track surface there. But I don't think it's an option to run one foot on a steeple. You're jumping off and landing down, like, pretty hard. You're either jumping off the barrier, you know, it's just like that water barrier with your barefoot. or you're landing on the barefoot. foot. Uh, so, I mean... Now, now he's going to be just the sweetheart come finals, right? Everybody is pulling for Sean. What he did, I don't think he did it intentionally, of course, but he now has all of America rooting for him in the finals.
2: One more note on the steeple, Mike, before we move on. Uh, Not a fan of the updike bore uh, fist bump coming into the, uh, the home stretch there. And uh I know that's like everybody's like, oh, you know, look at the sportsmanship. They're dapping each other up, coming over the finish line. I think Bohr had wanted nothing to do with it. Uh I think that I think that, you know, Uptight kind of reached out his fist and, you know, Hillary Bohr's like, oh, jeez. And he just kinda like brushed it away a little bit. Everybody's like, oh, look at the sportsmanship. I want none of this. I think that is so dumb. And that's kind of one of the first like one of our first episodes we got on um we got on Ben Blankenship for kind of like waving Henry Winn along to take the win in the finals. It's like, I can't stand that. That'd be like if, you know, at a basketball game or a football game, the the players like dapped each other up on their way into the locker room. It's like, no, they, you're, you're at halftime here. You got to still compete to beat that guy.
0: Yeah. That was so cringeworthy. And I think you're right that Bohr didn't want anything to do with it because you know, Bore knew that he had made the, the, the finals there. He probably knew that he was going to smoke this guy if he wanted to. And then to, like, watch that yeah awkward fist bump that Hillary just wanted nothing.
2: To, it was just like,
0: oh, my. It was disgusting. Like, that, I that's hated it. it. I that's hated it.
2: it. I think that's why it was so cringeworthy because Bore was like, dude, I could bury you if I yeah like, to. Get w- your fucking you fist talking? out of my face. I think I said during the last year, it was like, if this was the
0: finals, right, and they were going to the Olympics together, that could be a cool moment, right? Like, it's like, all right, we know we're both on the team. Like, we're, we're about to put on USA together. Like, that could be a cool moment. But it's like, fist bumped me, like, just for making the finals when, like, you're probably not even going to, like, what are we doing here? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so the other last piece, too, is um, the th- third and fourth seeds jordan cross and garrett uh marsing both fell during this and i think it was marsing who dude it's so tough when you take a waterfall and you are a guy who definitely should be making the finals of this event and possibly making the olympics and just the scene of him collapsing into the water sitting up with like the water just, like, dripping down from his beard. And at that moment, it was when he realized he wasn't going to the Olympics. And, like, that's when the steeple's tough, man, to, like, yeah. throw somebody into the to the water. Or, like, you have to have this shot on NBC of this guy sitting up in a water pit just looking, you know, absolutely ridiculous in the very moment that he realizes that he's not going to the Olympics. So, you know, we... <laughs> It's just a brutal event. Like, yeah. I, in that moment, I was like, "Oh, damn! I feel bad for this
1: guy right now." Brutal, so. brutal, but electric. I electric. Mean, you Feel yeah. bad, but that is what brings people to the steeple. It is the crazy falls, yeah. it,
2: of course. <laughs> hey, did you guys know that the barriers don't move when you hit them? Yeah, that's what
0: I've heard. That's 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 the rumor on the streets. <laughs> All right. So now let's move. To the last event of the night, the women's five thousand meters, where we had Elise Cranny in a time of fifteen twenty seven, U.S. champ behind her, Carissa Schweizer in a time of fifteen twenty eight eleven, and then Rachel Schneider in a time of fifteen twenty nine fifty six. Gentlemen, what do we got on the women's five k team?
2: Cranny's tough. Cranny Off is. is I mean, she she's she's on fire right now um she watching her run she is just super strong um nobody was gonna beat her um you know Schweizer. I mean she was she was I mean she was right there I was you know watching the two uh Barman babes kind of duke it out with Ra- Rachel Schneider there was uh was good but it was like you know we were saying it during the during the watch party it was like this is playing right into Cranny's hand and when she took off it was like there's no touching her Friend of the program, C- congratulations! Super pumped for her. Um, you know, I think she's got an opportunity to compete a little bit at the Olympics, which is something we're not usually saying in the 5K.
1: Trent, big Gun showed up. You know, this is one <laughs> where they took care of business. Uh, again, a little choppy on the internet, so I hope I'm not saying anything too stupid. But uh, yeah, I just I, Cranny and Schreizer. I think we're probably like the leaders that you would expect to be there. Schneider right there. Uh, they took care of business. Abby Cooper, who came in fourth place. uh, I was impressed by her. The last like 800, she looked like she was falling off that kind of lead pack or maybe at least like the last four to 600. Um, But she just held on. And if someone else had fallen off, she was putting herself in position. So she didn't get it. But I was super impressed. She looked like she was done, you know, two laps ago. And I think she was a second and a half behind Schneider for third place. So I was impressed by her run. Um, but, yeah, this is one where, the, the like I think Steve said, with Elise, the, the tough as nails, um, the people that you uh, expect and can count on to be there, they were there and they showed up. Yeah, yeah. Trying-
2: Abby Cooper, formerly Diagostino, ran her heart out. She ran super tough. She qualified in the prelim, which was electric to watch. Um, finishing fourth, and she was grinding the whole way. There was even a couple points in that last four hundred. Was like maybe she's got a shot. And she's somebody that I mean, she's she's always had really bad luck at the trials. Was it in two thousand sixteen? She got injured, like in the middle of the like she got injured in a race. She fell down and had like a really bad injury like uh, I think it was 2016 I have to go back and look at that but somebody who was you know every time she's running the trials has been a contender but she's never she's never gotten any breaks out there so uh she she did it was it was inspirational watching her out there for sure
0: all right gentlemen do we have any last things to say about the events that have happened so far if not I think it's time to preview what we got coming here. Let's preview, baby. All right, so let's move on. So I'm just going to kind of move through the heat sheets methodically here, and I don't necessarily think that we need to go through and do any kind of game or do doing... it. right, let's just talk about it, right? Because
2: The games so first... are coming Sunday. The games are coming ga- Sunday. Exactly.
0: So the first one we got here is the uh, men's 1500. And let me tell you, we have – I mean, this is one of the events that it's just like, who knows what's going to happen. Let me list off some of the names that we got here. I'm not going to list all of them, but just straight names here. So we got Ryan Adams, David Ribich, Josh Thompson, Walid Suleiman. We've got Robert Domanic, Cole Hawker, Craig Angles, Matt Centrowitz, Isaac Yorks, Sam Prakul, Johnny Gregoric, Yared Nagoose. Henry Wynn, Ben Blankenship, Erica Vila. So we got a healthy mix of two crew, friends of the program. We got some huge names in there. I mean, I read that list and it's like, holy crap. There are, who knows what's going to happen in this race. It's crazy. Only three of these guys can go. And it just feels like there's so many guys who
2: are all in the same class who could, could make that team. I mean, this is. They should rename this the the peak too early, uh, fifteen hundred meters. But yeah, it this is going. I mean. This is an unbelievably stacked field, a um, lot of great runners. It's, it's anybody's. It's anybody's game. I mean, with, the, with the, you know, the kids coming out of NCAA that are running unbelievable times to the, to the seasoned veterans in, in Centrowitz, who is probably the favorite to make the team. I mean, this is going to be an absolute bloodbath. And guess what? There's, there's no room for sit and kick in these in these heats this is going to be uh, a, a drop down drag out brawl they're going to be they're going to have to go from the gun because if somebody thinks that they have the ability to sit and kick in one of these races another person's going to push the pace and we saw what happened in the 800 isaiah jewett went out there he was just cocky probably you know, didn't even fully understand what he was doing and went out there and pushed the pace and completely screwed up everybody's uh, race plan. It's like the Mike Tyson quote, right? Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Well, the men's 1,500 meters, somebody's getting punched in the face right from the gun,
1: and it is going to be exciting. Yeah, there's absolutely going to be a name Uh, that doesn't show up on like the final heat sheet that that's probably out of the very first round that we're looking at there, you know, when the finals are running and like, I can't believe that guy's not here. There's just too much good talent in these fields. I mean, Sancho, I think he's definitely the favorite. I would, you know, take him um, pretty heavily to, to, to win this thing. Um, You know, obviously Craig's going to be right there. And then we get a bunch of other guys. There's like a dozen guys though. that are going to be competing for those three spots and none of them are going to like shock me when they're in there. There's, out of any of the fields, this is the one where you could tell me, um, you know, someone who's not even seated in the top like eight or something like that, uh, that could end up on that top three. And I I just wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. Multiple people that's not even seated in the top eight. Yeah. Probably top top 12, honestly, maybe in the top 15, everyone has a shot at it. So I I got a couple questions for you guys on this. The
0: first one, I'm going to give you some names here and on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest level of shock, zero being not shocked at all. Give me where you're at if they don't make the team. First one, obviously, Matt Centrits. What is zero to 10? How shocked would you be if Matt Centrits doesn't make the team?
2: Eight. Eight. Whoa, that was crazy. I'd I'd say like eight, eight and a half right around there.
0: Okay. Next thing I'm going to give you is Craig Angles.
2: Seven. I was gonna say oh, six.
0: Okay, that see that surprises me. I was gonna make a little bit of a point there, where it's like, to me, I think the only person that would be shocking to miss this team is Centro. I'm a, I'm a Craig guy through and through, but I like literally i i would not be surprised or shocked and when you look at the depth of this field and how crazy the olympic trials are like craig is good but he's not central right central is on a different level where it's like i mean craig should make the team and i think it's probable that he will make the team however with it a field this deep it's like it just, it just doesn't feel like it would be that shocking if Craig wasn't, wasn't, yeah. didn't make this team. Let
2: me rethink that. So I think, I think Centro's an 8. I don't think anybody comes close to being over an 8. I think the fact that we don't have a 9 or a 10 says a lot. So Centro's an 8. I'm going to knock Craig down to a 6. But then I think like the next closest person might be a 4. I think it's a steep drop yeah, after exactly. Centro. You know? yeah, totally agree. To After quit. Angle, sorry. Angle's All at right. like
1: 5, 6. Everyone else is under 3,
0: honestly. And then, so my next question is over, under 0.5 college kids that make the team.
1: Under, I'm going under, under there's, there's just too many good people in it, right? Just a sheer numbers game, right? There's a couple great college runners that are in here, but there's also a lot of great professional athletes that are in there.
0: I mean, you look at a guy like Cole Hawker, Jared Goose right now, though. And it's like if you put them head to head, and I don't—I I hate to do this because they're friends, and I—I I love them dearly. But a guy like, let's see, Johnny Gregorik or Sam Prakel versus Cole Hawker or Jared Goose, I mean, like head to head matchup right now, Cole Hawker versus Sam. How, like what's your comfort level with that, right? A guy like Yara Neguse versus Johnny Gregoric, Like, how good do you feel about Johnny? You know, like, do you understand what I'm saying,
1: though? Yeah, like, no, I get, head, I get what you're saying.
0: When, when you boil it down head-to-head, like, I don't think you can feel good about those guys going up against yeah.
2: these, so I, I uh, these think, college I think, kids. I think strength's really going to play a role in this. Like, you know, I I think the future for a guy like yared is unbelievably bright and i think he's going to be a great pro runner but at this point in his career watching yared and cole hawker come down the last straightaway, and hawker just kind of like bully him you know what i mean like it was yeah he i mean nagus was like trying to like wave his arms away from him so he could get into stride like I just think he's going to get knocked around a little bit about there, but Cole Hawker is going to be able to stand his ground. It's just going to be, can he, can he hang with the pace changes? Cause I think there's going to be a lot of quick pace changes. And I think the, you you're able to adapt to that at the pro level that you just don't really see necessarily at the college level.
1: For sure. I agree. It's a different game out there and there's a lot of good professional runners. There's several heats he's going to have to get through. Um, I hope he goes out the Isaiah Jewett per- like mentality though, like screw it, I don't care who's on my competition, I'm gonna run my race and, and handle it the way I want to. Um, and he has a chance, you know, he's certainly talented enough to make the top three there. Um, so it would be cool to see him just kind of get out there and act like he still is, you know, the champ, the favorite from coming off the college race. But too many good pros, I, I'm taking the under on your little bit, Michael.
0: All righty, let's move on to the women's eight hundred. There are a ton of names in here, so I'll try my best to kind of weed through this a little bit. Um, so, Corey McGee's listening there. I'd be surprised at this point to see her run after she made the team. Uh, all right, we have Price. We have Nikki Hiltz is coming back. We have Aji Wilson, of course. Let's see, going down. Uh Sinclair is coming back in the 800. We have Raven Rogers. We have Nia Adkins. There's like literally five heats of this. There's a ton of names, a ton of people coming out. So where are we at? I mean, I think you have to think that the girls atop, you know, Aji Wilson, Raven Rogers, who've kind of been there, you know, they've over the last year or so, they've been a little bit hit or miss. But you have to think, coming into the big one, this is what they've been getting ready for. And those two will be there. In my mind, it kind of comes down to that third spot. Who is going to steal that third spot? I don't know. Do you guys kind of feel that those two have it solidified? Do you think that there's it's a little bit more open than that with a field so huge? What's going on? How we feel about the 800?
2: I think Aji is, is by far the best runner in this. But I think we've seen – a couple times in the past year where she hasn't always been dominant. It's been one of those things yep. where she's either on or she's off. And if you catch her on an off day, then anything can happen. Cause there's some, there's some studs out there, but I, I, I do think that she's, she's still the, the favorite, but like not on the level that I was thinking Brazier and we all know what happened with that. Um, Sinclair. Hopefully, we get a nice little bounce back effort from Sinclair. Um, I think uh, I think uh, Nia Atkins or Akins. Um, I think she's not even close to reaching her potential yet, and she could have a race where she pops off and surprises people. Um, I think that she could be a real sleeper in this. Um, I hope we see some effort out of Nikki, but she didn't. She definitely didn't look great in the finals there. Yeah, I
1: agree with Steve on this is This is pretty open um, with a couple of favorites. Wilson Rogers has someone that's bet on Raven in some of our games that we've played, <laughs> and she hasn't always delivered for me. Uh, she's certainly one of the most talented women in the field, but I'm not banking on her in the top three. Uh, this Mew woman, am um, I saying it last night, right? Mew from Texas A&M. Oh, uh, yep. She's right up there uh, skill-wise, or, or you know, with her quality more time. of a 400 runner though, right? Yeah, I mean, just looking at the marks though, she's running 157 high. Yeah. So she she's right there with the the top woman in the field. Uh Corey McGee not running, Heather McClain probably won't run, right? With with their qualifying, so it takes a couple people out, but deep field, any anybody's game. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd kind of stand by.
0: I do think it's kind of a race for third. Um anything can happen, like you guys said. And and I do think that those two at the top have been wishy-washy at times, but I just do think they're the most talented in the field. So a lot of people competing for that third spot. Let's move on to well, the like, Quickly, I just, oh, just want to say go ahead.
2: Mew is like, I mean, she's on, I mean, she looks like she's on track to be one of like the greatest American yeah. runners of all time. I mean, it's very, very early in her career, but man, watching her run, it's something special.
0: All righty, so let's move on to the men's 5K here. I'll give you guys some of the names we got going on. We got our guy, Eric Jenkins. We got Lowie LaLang. We got Sidney Getabudai. We got Cooper Tier, Ben True, Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid, which I'm sure both of those are out. Um, and he too. We got Connor Mance, Thomas Radcliffe. We got Nico Young. We got... Uh, Cole Hawker in there. And then, of course, well, we got Emmanuel Bohr And then the favorites, Paul Chalimo. What do we think in the men's
2: 5K? I just want to start off with this. I'm pissed. Yep. I knew, I knew um, that's where we were going to start. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. How long have we been waiting for the Lamong? Chim- Chalimo matchup, and we—how many times have we said it over the past two and a half years that it's going to get to the point we missed the opportunity to see these two go at it when they were supposed to? We said it's going to be it's going to be Pacquiao Mayweather when we should have watched them fight in their prime. Instead, we watched two old guys hang on each other for ten rounds. We we missed our opportunity to get Lamont Chalimo on the track and race. And there was so many opportunities and we missed them all. That, that, that was supposed to be, that was supposed to be, that was, that was four years in the making to be the biggest story on the track. And they just aged out of it. And we completely, this, you know, I'm not even blaming them. I'm blaming the sport for not putting this together.
0: So Steve, I wrote a blog well over a year ago that made the point when the whole beef happened, when this whole thing started, that somebody needed to pony up put together a pay-per-view event and put those guys on the track right then because I was afraid, I was terrified that either we were going to miss the moment and it wasn't going to come to fruition, like you said, these guys are going to age out, or by the time it does, the beef would have fizzled out by then anyways. I do think if we got them on the track this weekend that there would be enough hype around it for it to matter. But my first part of that prediction came true where – We didn't take advantage of that moment. We never got them on the track, and we now might not ever get them on the track, which sucks.
1: Missed the moment completely. Some of the biggest matchups that we were excited about haven't really come to fruition. I think we wanted to see Perrier and Shelby. We obviously wanted to see Lopez and Chalimo. Hopple and Brazier didn't quite work out the way we wanted to see two guys kind of going at each other down the final stretch. So it's a good lesson. It's a good lesson for all these examples. Get these people on the track. I think we even got caught up in it. Like, oh, it'll be exciting when the trials comes around. Uh, so maybe maybe we want the additional buildup. But it uh, turns out you don't because you don't actually know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to get injured. You don't know what crazy uh, things are, are going to pop up. And so these, when you have the good...
2: Oh, we lost him is I, I do have to ask so is is Chalimo still the favorite here has he aged I, I out think of being he, the favorite no gotta, I think be, he,
0: right? I think he's still gotta be the favorite I think it's one of those situations where it's like he's the favorite until proven otherwise
2: yeah yeah so I mean I I, I gotta say you know looking at this list this one I mean the the 5k is up in the air man like there's there's a lot of questions here. Like there's no clear cut. I mean, this, this is, this is one where I feel like it's pretty open, but kind of for the wrong reasons. Like it's, you know, like the men's 1500 meters is, is wide open, but it's because there's, there's so many studs. I just think the top to bottom, this is, this is one of the, like the, I don't want to say weaker, but not our best team is gonna,
1: (laughs) I'm just not seeing any names jump out here. Especially well, if if uh, Kincaid and Fisher don't go, you take two guys that had like they're two not top going seeds. to. No way. Yeah. no way, no way, no way. They you, run. You pull them out. They have the two fastest seed times going into it, and then Shalimo, maybe not as prime, and No Lopez, and
2: yeah,
0: Wait, no. You no, I was just gonna say I agree. Like it's this is a weird one because it's right. Like there's so many different ways you can go with this. Like is this an opportunity for a guy like Ben True? who were are just saying is like, seems like he's always on the cusp of a guy, like Eric Jenkins, who's like, I was going to say, good, you know what I mean? I say, like, is this an This, is, this or, is Eric's opportunity. This is yeah, his opportunity. Yeah. Right. So it's like, is it an opportunity for some of these older guys to to get their chance? Or is this the event that we should be saying, you know, is this where the young guys shine through? Cause you see guys like Nico young, you see Cooper Tier, you see a guy like Connor Mance in there. Like, is we briefly talked about it with the 1500, but maybe this is the event where the young guys shine and we see some guys making the team. So who knows like that, right. Those are two completely polar opposite things. It's like, do we see a team with Ben true and Eric Jenkins,
2: or do we see a team with Nico young and Cooper tier? Like it could be complete opposite ends. Who knows? I think we might get, I think we might get a combo. I think we might get one runner on the, on the end of their career and one, uh, one runner that's just starting off their career like i'll say uh, i'll make a prediction right now (laughs) i'll make a prediction i'll say i'll say chalimo i'm gonna say chalimo
1: hawker jenkins
0: okay i like it i like it a lot
1: i think i think ben true might have scratched looking at the oh no so i I don't know He might he might not be in the options there so uh that really might have been his last chance at it um Looking at, looking at all the scratch guys, it's a list of talented guys, you know, true. Uh, no Joe Klecker. Um, he's, he's not going to run it. Of course, Lopez. So, so that's tough. Uh, Sean McGordy was <laughs> another one on there, but this is one I agree with you, Mike, there could be a college kid that gets in there. Uh, I mean, I, I like like Cooper Tier's chance of making this more than Cole Hawkers chance.
2: Hold on, Mike, 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 hold up, hold up. We're getting a quick call right now. We're getting a call from our boy, Jacob Thompson. He just ran the 10 K at the, at the trials and he's with Heather McLean. So we got to give him, we got to answer this call real quick. Yo, what's up, dude.
1: Oh, connecting.
2: What's there. up, man. How's it going? What's going on. Hey, how's it going? You, uh, you celebrating bender season?
3: Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's now turned the page to Bender season for us.
2: Very there nice. It. <laughs> have you been? Uh, have you been at the, the <laughs> Wild Duck every night so far?
3: Yeah, I have been at the Wild Duck every night so far. We're
2: and taking you you're, you're into
3: Pf Chang's right now.
2: Ah, uh, you're 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 uh, you're tasting some of the, the local Oregon delicacies right now, at Pf Changs, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I saw the big yeah, statue. Yeah, uh, Pf Changs.
3: Is we're actually everybody here is a boston boston people (laughs) hey
2: congratulations everybody what's the what's what's the vibe been like oh is that dana
3: which one tubing you went to dana
2: hey Uh, what's up dana
3: yeah we just we just uh went tubing down in mckenzie for the last like four hours
2: very nice. So the vibe hey. is good, though.
3: Uh, it's yeah. A lot
2: of fun. What was uh? What was what was the uh new Hayward like? Was it everything that it is cracked up to be?
3: Definitely, uh, Drew. What do you think of the new Hayward Stadium? It's absolutely insane. It's so fun. It's yeah. incredibly cool, and it's kind of terrifying how cool it is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what was what's yeah, the coolest it's, it's, part?
3: I've never been at a track like that before. Yeah. Well, Very what's cool. I think what's the coolest that? part for me was when you go you – know, like, you, like, walk out of the tunnel onto the track. Yeah. That was – what's the coolest part of Hayward for you? Underground. Yeah. yeah, the underground area, which – it's, so like, a cool track, track underneath. Yeah, and then, yeah, like, yeah. you just walk out this tunnel, and you're, like, at the start, finish line.
2: How long is the track underneath uh, cool the stadium on. that goes around the – around the track?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if it goes all – the part we were in, it's, like, at least 100 meters. I mean, I – it's like pull straight away. I it might go all the way around. I I didn't get to see like the whole. They like basically pull you in like the call room, and you can like run on the track underneath there.
0: Yeah. What's like the uh, the atmosphere for? Like obviously you guys are enjoying the hell out of being over it. You know, your your Bender season full on. But for the people who like, you know, still have to rave mix with the people who made the team, it's the people who are starting their bender season. Is like a weird dynamic or is everyone just having a grand time? Uh, yeah.
3: I mean, the people who are still racing, you don't see it all. Like, of Heather course. Is,
0: like, <laughs> Let's go.
1: Yeah, Congrats, Heather. Yeah, Congrats, Heather. She'll be back in a minute.
3: But uh, yeah, once your races are over, it's just like, a grand time.
1: So, so what's more fun, like going to Hayward and watching the events or like tubing the river and going to the bars? <laughs>
3: Well, I would say like before the race, you know, very focused on on the race. But after the race, like the other, the rest of that is is a lot of fun. If you say that's it's definitely part of it's part of the experience. Yeah, your I mean, experience, you do right? The next, like week or ten days. Is where awesome. where like,
2: are you staying? Uh,
3: just an Airbnb. Like a, I think I'm two miles from the track. Here, so that's, yeah, yeah. Like, here's, if I really want to walk it, I could.
2: How'd you run? How'd you run last night?
3: Not, not well. Uh, yeah. probably have just, I probably shouldn't have even tried, but, you know.
2: <laughs> too many, to many Budweiser? To what was that? Too many Budweiser?
3: Possibly. That, that could have been a problem. But, uh, <laughs> no, no I, I I, took that race, you know, seriously. I, I think it was the fastest I've ever gone out for through 2K. And, yeah, just, I think I, I had that good race at, at Portland, uh three-plus weeks ago now, and, like, I've been very flat um, since then. It's hard to get, like, up for so many so many things, but that's part of the, you know, part of the sport.
2: Yeah. What, um, so we'll, we'll let you get back to dinner quickly, but what's, what's kind of, like, the biggest story around Eugene right now? Is it is it, is it Frazier? Is it, uh, is it, you know, what would you say the biggest story kind of floating around the trials right now?
3: That's uh, – what's the biggest story of the trials? <laughs> I, for me, for us, it's probably Heather making the team. For New sure. Balance sweeping the 1500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big story. New Balance sweeping the 1500. What's the, <laughs> the biggest story of the trials? New Balance sweeping the 1500. Oh dear, so yeah. far, besides New Balance sweeping the 1500? Two moms in the 400. Two moms in the 400. That's, uh, Hobbs like, just signed with Adidas, right? That just came out. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Rachel's There's like all the the buzzes, yeah, I guess, going around. The Shikari, Shikari Richardson thing. People are. Okay. I have a lot of hot takes yeah. on Shakari yeah. Richardson. It's either yeah, so there's there's so a lot going on. on
2: cool. All, All right, man. Last,
0: last call. Well Last oh. question. Who who's enjoying themselves the most? One person who's enjoying themselves the most. post trials.
3: Uh, it probably true? either Drew right here or possibly Pat Casey, who is just he's just <laughs> he's just out <laughs> here <laughs> just
2: hanging out. <laughs> Dude, Dude, Pat Casey's never it. not having a good time. That guy's always partying. <laughs> yeah, always always,
3: uh, so. <laughs>
2: he's having you a know, great time uh, long story, I was once at a craps table with Pat Casey to like 5.30 in the morning <laughs> <It> was,
3: <laughs> that sounds, I don't doubt that at all, it sounds spot on
2: <laughs> Anyways, we'll let you guys get back to dinner thanks for calling in, congratulations tell everybody at the table including Heather, Dana, I, we all say congratulations, we gotta hang out soon, let us know next time you're in the Boston area next time in
3: Boston, we'll do it All
2: right, all right ready, man. thanks
1: Jacob see ya
0: All right, so the final event to preview, we got the woman's 10K, and we got all kinds of names in this one as well. We got Emily Sisson, Mariel Hall. We got uh, Alicia Munson, Kellen Taylor, Edna Kurgit, Sarah Hall, Steph Bruce. We got No Rojas. I mean, the list goes on and on. It seems like we got quite a big contingent you know, Emma Bates, Ali Ostrander, we got quite a few marathoners in there who, you know, are trying to still make the team. How are we feeling about this 10k? This seems like another one where it's like, man, things could go a lot of way, you know, at least Cranny and Schweizer and stuff like that are, are on the list. And those are people I would have been looking at four but again it's doubtful to me that they run the race so i don't know it seems like this is wide open for the taking
1: we forgot mckenna myler i mean of she course getting, myler. she gets faster every time she's on a track um uh, maybe not a true contender to make the team but that was a fun to see her name on the list here
2: i think i mean mike you you mentioned it you mentioned it last episode um been pretty quiet lately about alicia monson um, which I'm hoping she's not injured. But, um, you know, sh- Dathan has obviously proved that he can coach 10K runners, right? Um, and I would love to see her come out because she definitely has the tools to do it. Um, you know, to see her come out and make this team as, you know, kind of a, a rookie would be pretty cool.
0: And yeah, for me, this is like one of those things where, how many marathoners are going to make the team, right? Cause there's so many in there and you just don't know. It's so hard to tell about the transition over to the track there and what kind of shape everyone's in and how they can hang with the folks there. But to me, somebody like Emily Sisson, I got to feel, has a pretty good shot of making this team. She's one of the few people I feel pretty good, you know, saying that, you know, I, I, she's a name that I could definitely see making this team. Mario Hall made the world championship team a couple of years ago, so that's something you got to definitely look out for. Edna i is, you know, kind of a a sleeper name I think that you got to look out for. So, I don't know, th- this to me might be the the hardest one to choose from just because some of the top names at, you know, the the top times and at the top of this list here are people that have already made an Olympic team and might not be running. So it's, it's just really hard to figure out
1: who's going to make this team. Yep. Yeah, Mariel Hall. I think she was our first Olympian on cause she was, in she definitely the was yep. 16 Olympics. Sarah Hall, who's is kind of fun to have definitely an
0: interesting one. Yep.
1: Yeah. The heartbreak or dropping out of the trials for the marathon. And then she's come down and run some decent times in the 10 K. So, um, Definitely have our eyes on her. It should be a fun one. There's going to be a lot of interesting names. I agree with you, Mike. I don't think there's that clear dominating favorite, but there's a lot of interesting names that are going to be in the mix.
2: Uh, and don't sleep on the leader at mile 18 of the marathon, Nell Rojas. That would right. be pretty cool to see her up there. So um, she definitely, yeah, I, you know, you never know. She's a wild card. You might, she might be in the mix, which would be awesome if she is. So... A lot of track coming up. Couple, we got a big weekend. We got a big track meet. You know, it's uh you know this is this is what we've been waiting for all year. It's been what we've been waiting for for two years. What We've been waiting for since the beginning of this podcast. I am very very excited. And you know what? I kind of needed these two days because it was so much excitement, so much going on. These two off days, smack dab in the middle of the trials, are kind of nice. Um, but hey, it ramps back up tomorrow and we're ready for it. So, all right, should we kick off the bell app? Kick off the bell app, Mike. What do you got, people on the bell app?
0: So, if you haven't made it your way to our YouTube page yet, the Faster's House episode two is up and live, and episode three, which will now be the finale. Uh, is in the works right now it is going to be dropping at the end of this week so stay tuned for that we're going to be racking up the fasters house series uh and i i feel pretty good about the way it's going to be ending so if you if you haven't checked it out get caught up get ready for the end of this week and uh go check out those episodes
1: trent what do you got for people on the bell app you know it was a big week for us if we didn't talk about the fasters we i know a whole episode just breaking down the fasters uh we talked enough track and field today I want to to talk about another sport, swimming. So since I hurt my hamstring, I've been going to the gym, and I've been doing some swimming, getting my laps in, just needed like a way to get the cardio in. Shit's so hard. I mean, if you're tired running, at least you can breathe the whole time. If you're tired while you're swimming, you're like, you can't breathe. You're underwater. It's insane. So I just want to give a big shout out to all the swimmers out there. You guys are champs. I don't know why you would decide to put yourself through that. Like, we talked about running being miserable. Swimming seems so much miserable, more miserable. You can't even put, like, headphones in while you're going. So, um, yeah, shout out to all the swimmers out there.
2: Yeah, swimming's the worst. Um, yeah, I'm just going to end by, you know, mark your, mark your calendars for this Sunday. We decided on the podcast, we, we literally talked about it for, for, like, a half an hour, what we were going to do, and we were kind of leaning towards a live show. But we decided on the podcast we're doing a virtual show. And you know what? I feel good about that. I feel good about that. I like where we came to. I like the decision. Um, And uh, yeah, just market calendars. It's going to be a good time. We're going to toss a few bucks around. We're going to have a few beers. Nobody's, and like Mike said earlier, nobody's logging off as soon as that last race ends. We're, we're, we're going to have a virtual party. And you know what, if you told me a year and a half ago that we were going to be doing these virtual parties and you, I, you told me that they were going to be a lot of fun. I would have told you you're crazy, but it turns out like, we have a good time and we get to meet a bunch of people through this, uh, you know, all the way back to, you know, the, when we first did the Boston marathon replay watch party, we had like, we had like, I think like 60 people on that day, which was nuts to, you know, call tossing a bet down for everybody on the virtual party after the, after the two miles. So they're a good time. If you haven't checked out one of our virtual watch parties yet, we promise a good time. You're not going to regret it. But other than that boys, it would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike. Hit me with the Josie.
4: Josie's on vacation far away. So come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. I just want to lose your love tonight. Ain't got many friends left to talk to Nowhere to run when I'm in trouble You know I'd do anything for you Stay the night but keep it undercover I just want to use your love tonight I just want to use your love tonight To stop my hands from shaking Something in my mind's not making sense It's been a while since we were old